What's up, it's Chase Young. What's up, this is Terry McLaurin. This is Carson Wentz, and you're listening to Washington Football Talk Podcast. Another day in Richmond, another hot day. Oh, oh. Hot in Richmond, buddy. <laughs> you want to just go with that? It's yeah, Washington Football Talk Podcast. <laughs> Oarsman opened its first car dealership in 1921. Now, over 100 years and many dealerships later, Oarsman of Virginia can proudly say that when it comes to your car buying needs, if you want it, we've got it. Saving, selection, and service? Check. Lifetime engine guarantees and car washes? Check. Loaner cars and free Virginia inspections? Check and check. See, over the past 100 years, we've learned that to succeed in business, we've got to keep our customers happy. And that's the Oarsman story. Oarsman Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram. Let's ride together. What up, everybody? Apparently, I don't know where we are. This is the Washington Football Talk podcast. We're brought to you by Oarsman Automotive of Virginia. We ride with them. Wish you would do the exact same thing. Check them out. OarsmanVA.com. Seven locations all over Northern Virginia, not Richmond, Virginia. Maybe I got Richmond on the brain. Maybe I miss Richmond. I miss Richmond a little bit. I haven't gotten a look at him yet. I think the big man's sunburnt. Think so? uh, I think he's heavily tanned. I wouldn't say burnt yet, but His maybe would have. Face looks red. You might benefit for some extra sunscreen tomorrow, just to be safe. Or a hat. I would almost guarantee that tomorrow I will not be. It'll be all just tan. Wow, it's redder than normal. I'm just saying, <laughs> maybe you're hot. Maybe I'm a little hot. Yeah. Um, it is warm out there today. Yeah, today was warm. Um, I don't know why I said Richmond. We're in Ashburn. Um, a lot going on. Uh, we have. What I think is a really good interview with Carson Wentz, uh, you guys can decide and let us know what you think. You're going to hear that at the end of the podcast. But obviously some news off the top. Um, every day, Ron Rivera walks to the podium. Um, he's always kind of escorted, if that's the right word. Like the head, the, the head of PR is always with him. And the head of PR kind of comes to the microphone and kind of is telling people, like, get ready or whatever. Like cameras turn on, lights come on, people pull their recorders out. And instead, he's like, Ron has a statement. And I heard that. I'm like, statement? Like, usually that's about, like, an investigation. Something or bad. Generally it's bad. But every once in a while I'll be like, hey, shout out to the Mystics. They're going to the finals or whatever. You right. know, we've heard those statements also. And I'm running through everything in my head. I'm like, Ron's not going to talk about this testimony because it's, like, ongoing and who knows. I'm Nobody like, got hurt. Right. I'm like, what is this? And so then I thought, all right, it might be Chase Ruyer. And Chase Ruyer came off the pup list. It's good news. And Ron steps up there and says, Antonio Gandy-Golden retired. Definitely caught us by surprise. Um, he was not here today. And, uh, you know, we were talking about him as a potential sneaky roster maker. Some you of us were. One of us was. Were. I was talking about it and, you know, thought Wh- it could whoever happen. Whoever you may have been talking with, fine. But it wasn't me or Mitch. I thought he was definitely more productive at tight end than receiver. But the guy wants to go back to school. And uh, Hold on. How was he more pro- definitely more productive at tight end than receiver? Well, I appreciate you pushing back on that. He was more noticeable. He's never played it. He was more noticeable in camp than I had seen him in camp. We did a camp previous. for a day, one day, and mini camp and OTAs. He had that one catch over Cam Curl a month the, ago. That was a highlight right, in his right, career. The incredible desire to jump to conclusions. It's hot to outside. prove his own theories. It's as hot well. outside. We're not. We're not all thinking 100 percent straight. <laughs> Pete's wires might be a little unta- might be a little tangled right now. He wants to go back to Liberty. He finished his career with one catch. It was not really working out here. Tight end might have worked out okay. Ron Rivera supports the decision, even though he was surprised by it. 
I was surprised it was a very, too. It's a very deep tight end. Might have worked room. out okay. It might have. It might have worked out okay. I'm not saying it would have worked you out great. He's not wrong. It might have. I mean, you're. I might win. You are. You are Mustafa clinging to the side of the mountain on your AGG take right now. Because you just saw Lion King. Perhaps <laughs> your references are very dialed in. I'm just saying, like, who cares about what I have to think about him? He's done now. I want so your guys' reaction to your take. It. I don't care anymore. He's gone. I hope he has Seven an amazing next ago, 50, se- 50 years of his life. I remember when he was drafted, all the hype about the Rubik's Cube and how smart he was and yeah. all his varied interests. Wasn't I, don't, I, I tried to Google this earlier, and it was a fairly quick Google search. I, I clicked on, like, three articles, including a Washington Times article. Like, it was a Paris article that I skimmed. You have, to, you have to basically fill out a Rubik's it, it was, Cube. It was a Washington article. Times article on the old Skins website, though, so I didn't have to, like, take a quiz. Uh-huh. But um, I swear I remember he was, like, an aeronautical engineer major or something. I think at some I point. I think he was aerospace engineer. Okay. Aerospace engineer. Sure. But I remember. I the, think at some point there may have been a calculus of, like, yo, if I go back and do that, I could make seven hundred grand a year. I don't think there, despite Pete Haley rooting for me, I don't think there's a real path to a roster spot here. I agree. The tight end room is very deep, and that guy is very smart. It was a ton of fun after he got drafted. Remember, he'd be doing interviews, and he would finish the Rubik's Cube during the middle of interviews. Like, well, all that stuff is great, and obviously you got to be smart to play football, but he's smarter than the average football player, and good for him. I hope that he has a very successful career and aerospace engineering or whatever and let's be clear we're not sure about that no it was some sort of engineering i think i think he also was an excellent bowler and played the ukulele if i remember correctly so he's got lots of options there's no doubt that pete that pete blogged about all of those things i sure did it's kind of a pain the overwhelming like not over not all but a, a lot of reaction is so negative like oh why he just quit like why he's not tough enough i think he legit is going back to school and i you know what the life of a roster vagabond, a guy that gets cut a bunch, maybe makes a practice squad, maybe pops up to an active here and there, despite Pete's claims of him being tight end one, um, it, it's it's tough, man. And there's not a ton of cash in it. There's money in it, and, and maybe the dream can work out for you, but I applaud him for trying, making his own decision. Yeah, well, and also for – for embracing the change, for embracing the the move from wide receiver to tight end, that can be a brutal spot, especially when you're an undersized tight end. Not that he's going to be doing a lot of blocking. Not that he would have been doing Before a lot of blocking. Before we applaud him too much, how much embracing happened? He retired on the second day of training camp. He agreed. He agreed to try it out. Whereas plenty of people, plenty of players over the years, have told a coach when they said, "Hey, I think you, you should go play another position," where they could go stick it and, and leave right then. <laughs> I'm applauding his decision and being his own dude and whatever. I'm going to – I think we're a little premature calling him a tight end. Okay. Well, it doesn't matter. It, right. Sure. What, what matters, it's a bad draft pick. That yeah. matters. Yeah. It, it's a fourth rounder that couldn't make it a wide out. You cut him. You drafted him. You cut him. And now he's gone. Yeah. In a way, it almost like saves Ron a little bit because it's like, oh, we were going to do this, but then he went to back to college and he's so smart instead of uh, his second position also failed, even though I think he would have gone to Canton and matched Antonio <laughs> Gandy-Gates is what I was calling him. You so. were calling him Antonio, Antonio right. Gandy-Gates. So, like like within the last month, you But, were like, also him. the other fourth rounder in that draft was Sadiq Charles, who he got to play some right guard today with Trey he Turner running, gone. He was running with the ones. But thing. he hasn't exactly How panned out either. So uh, Actually, today was better – was was much better than than what we saw in camp from him. Now he only it's got also no contact. Correct. 
none of this matters until they put on pads, particularly for the offensive and defensive linemen. But Trey Turner's a, a grizzled vet, and when it's hot and humid, maybe he maybe it was a veteran move to uh, be dehydrated or whatever whatever it was that caused him to miss the back end of practice. But the fact they went straight to Sadiq, you know, uh, is something. Well, ideally. It'd be Schweitzer. It'd be Schweitzer, but and Schweitzer's playing center. And now Rudy's coming off exactly. puff, and, and I think that'll be a couple thing. days. But, you know, I asked Carson about, you know, taking snaps from people, and it was kind of interesting. I think he's excited for Rudy to get back there. Um, I think it's a positive development that you're getting Rudy back pretty quick. It's very positive. I was chatting with somebody about the Ooh, O-line machinations. Ooh. And listen – Trey Turner and Wes Schweitzer are battling for that starting guard position. You know, the team knows Trey from years from you know a few years ago. They saw Wes, what Wes could do. Where last Trey year. play? How do, they, how do they know? Carolina. Him? I know. I'm just I'm doing a joke okay. about the Panthers. Like, where are we going with this? <laughs> this is back to tight end one. Um, and they were saying that that it's great that Schweitzer's getting those reps at center because there's a you know if something goes wrong you can always plug him in there. But it was a little unfair to, to Wes in the mm. starting guard battle that he wasn't getting those first team, even if they're rotating some of those first team guard reps. Again, all this is happening now before they put on pads, so it's all water under the bridge. But the fact that that Chase will be back relatively soon whenever he starts practicing, not that I don't think they're going to subject Chase to uh, Rouillet to a ton of hitting right away, but at least you'll be able to move Schweitzer back to that guard position. The team can get Very. a look at him head-to-head, if you will, with Trey Turner and figure out kind of, you know, who's the better guy to be that to be that starting guard. Yeah, and if Ron's uh, pup timeline holds true, he, he's one for one saying really would be the first one off. I don't know if you ever really slotted Tyler Larson in there, but of the big names, Logan Thomas will be next at some point, and then Chase Young, who we're not expecting to see for a while, will be last. So uh, one down, two to go, three if you count Larson, and uh, Cornelius Lucas was also around so we'll probably see him shortly coming off the illness list. Did we get what that was? No, they just illness. said that he's going to see a doctor and probably be okay pretty soon. So he was, You saw him today, though? He was there today in, like, Good. a sweatshirt. How f- different is it now, regardless of where we are mm-hmm. in the globe, but, like, uh, he's on the NFI list, and we're just going to kind of roll with it rather than ask a billion questions about COVID. It's, it's amazing. It's, it, it's way better. It's amazing. Yeah, yeah I, it may not be way better everywhere else, but for the NFL. John Bates nice walked out to practice to today. And, and then was called over and then walked off. Plus, AGG was missing at the beginning of practice. Said to Pete, I was concerned that that might have been a scene in years past that would have looked like a COVID situation. Obviously, we got the AGG news. I think we're still waiting to hear why. You're saying that's why he retired? Because of COVID? <laughs> yes. Just <laughs> <laughs> so much AGG retirement. Kellen Winslow Sr. or AGG? Oh, AGG, no question. Yeah. Tony Gonzalez it holds no candles to AGG. I love that he tries to like mock us, mocking him. Yeah, Tra- Travis Kelsey. I'm trying to out mock you. AGG. I take Kelsey. He's a little bit better. There's than one one person that deserves mockery. <laughs> Is it Young Peter? <laughs> hey, I'm not naming names. Um, all right, what else today then? Uh, Ruyé's news, AGG's news. I think it's kind of into notes from there. Um, yeah. Well, the theme is that the defense dominated. Just. Yeah, choked out the offense, basically. And the offense certainly helped in that regard. That's the question. Carson was spraying it very inaccurate. He had a few really nice throws at the end, Dax Mill and John Dawson. But for the most part, it was pass breakups galore 
And if there weren't pass breakups, it's because passes weren't happening because Montez Sweat and Co. were causing some confusion in the pocket. So the typical, oh, the defense is ahead of the offense this early in camp. It's normal. Yes, it's normal. I think today was a little bit extra in terms of the gap being very wide. And those PBUs, I mean, you write them off as as pass breakups, but there are balls that they were they were they were decently thrown balls. There were some good plays by the by the DBs. There. One, I mean, the, the one pick, Diami kind of Fuller kind of made a play on it, right? Uh, it was a comeback route. Uh, Brown on the left side, turning over his right shoulder, and as he did so, Kendra Fuller was basically his backpack knocked it up in the air, and Cole Holcomb grabbed it as he was tumbling. First pick of Wentz this camp, and the play after, Jamie Davis almost made it two in a row on the right sideline, uh, outstretched, but couldn't catch it. Um, Regardless, it was a good play by Fuller. Brown starting to show maybe he's not great in contact. Uh, Might be someone who needs to just run straight down the field with nobody around him. And uh, it was the it was a indicator of what the day was going to be like for the offense. Go ahead with your because right after that when they brought in the second and third teams, the first play was a run up the middle. Uh, Dewan Neal uh, slashed in and caused a fumble from uh, Jarrett Patterson. Hmm. And then the next play there was a little uh, slant in in breaking route that he jumped, got both hands on, and, and dropped, and he ended up dropping the pick. But two pretty big plays in a row, and uh, the defensive coaches were pumped, and that was. I mean, it was just the the entire first three quarters of the of the day of, of eleven on elevens was the defense really being being on top of things. Yeah, and it wasn't just once. Heineke had a pretty miserable day. Um, I mean, William Jackson, Percy Butler, Christian Holmes, everybody was getting in on it. Um, each each standing out for a sequence here or there, and the secondary and D line reigned supreme. But the one highlight on offense mm. was Curtis Samuel took a ball. Oh yes, he did in the. Flat-ish, yeah, and put a, a foot in the ground and juked Benjamin St. Juice out of not just his pants, his mom's pants, his grandparents, grandma's pants, his great grandma's pants, <laughs> all the way down, <laughs> what? all the way down the St. Juice line, <laughs> all the way down the St. Juice line. Oh God, it was and, a uh, maternal and, juke. And made a made a move upfield. It was. It, it was, was really nice. And it was like a step back, like a James Harden back before he sucks. And I back. loved it because Terry at the Terry at the podium afterwards was like, "Yeah, that's the kind of things we used to see in yeah. in Ohio State." And he loves it. And he, he was saying, "I love the fact that you guys are getting to see that explosiveness." And Curtis even even joked with uh, uh, he was talking to Jordan to Giorgio, yeah. Jordan Giorgio about it, and was and was like, "Hey, it's good to have two practice days in a row." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, he was saying he feels good, and, and you can see that he that he that he feels good. And he looks good. He definitely looks quick and uh, and nimble on his feet. I asked you this on the radio. How much does Curtis have to put out before it's like we stop talking about last year? I think he's pretty much got to make it through camp unscathed. Um, no abundance of cautions, no general soreness. You take a veteran day off here or there maybe, but – He's got to he's got to practice day after day after day after day. To I think build he can't my trust miss up. two practices in a row. Definitely not. That's a good barometer. I agree. Because if if you get a veteran day off, cool, that happens, but you're back the next day. Yeah, and if like the starting offense plays in the first preseason game, but he's not in there for some reason, that'll reset alarm. So he's just got to be a normal functioning member of the offense like everybody else for all summer. But that's also like that's a perfect example of the type of plays that this offense has been missing. You know, you don't have the guys who make people miss and can break a, can make a five-yard turn a five-yard catch into a fifteen-yard catch or a twenty-five-yard catch, whatever it may have turned into. And I think that you know, I think that 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 it, that 
that's a real catalyst for what this offense can be. You might not need, if you have a guy like that that can start making some of those plays, it takes pressure off every level of the offense, and Carson doesn't have to force the ball downfield to get big chunk yards. They can get some big chunk plays, you know, dropping the ball underneath to, to some of these quick guys. Yeah, and uh, Terry in the one-on-one with JP yesterday talked about wanting to get more yards after the catch, but he's more of a catch it and just run on a slant, not necessarily make two guys miss. Dotson might be that in terms of fancy juking and agility, but we know Curtis can be, and this was Exhibit A of just the the array of moves he has at his disposal. Exhibit A. um, I have a – outside of getting his grandmother's pants juked off, I thought (laughs) – I think it's become pretty clear – and maybe it's not really a surprise, the, the pecking order at corner. Um, ben St. Juice just looks long. <laughs> I'm trying to think the right word to describe him. I think that's a good very one. long. Um, he also has huge legs. Yeah, I think uh, – I don't know. We did this on the radio. Maybe it's a, a useful exercise. Who do you think has – whatever you want to say, the most at stake, the most pressure for the commanders? Who, who's the top of the list? Because – there's some that are obvious. The top of the list for me might be a little different than it is for others. And, and I'll explain mine since I didn't give you guys any heads up on this. It's okay. Um, the dude with the most at stake to me with the commanders is Jack Del Rio, man. Because hmm. I think, sure, Carson or Chase or Curtis, but, like, even Ron. Like, if this year goes bust and they go 3-14, and 14, I legitimately still think Ron could get another head coaching job because he can blame it on Washington. And three years from now, he's still one of the most respected, and Ron goes to media for two years, whatever it is, right? Like, I don't, I'm not expecting any of that to happen, but I don't think there's as much at stake for Ron. Or let's say it goes bad for Carson. Like, maybe he falls down a tier, and then he becomes in the Baker Mayfield, Teddy Bridgewater. Terod Taylor. Yeah, like, I, hey, I'm coming to – Detroit, I know they drafted a guy. Yeah. Maybe I'll mentor him. Maybe I'll beat him out, whatever. But, like, he's not out of the league. Mm-hmm. If it goes sideways this year for Jack, this defense already went from a top five group to a top 25 group. Then you add the Twitter stuff and the Capitol Hill stuff. And, and whether he should or shouldn't be chastised for that, I'm not here for, right? I'm just telling you, is another team going to hire another defensive coordinator that watched a team with a ton of alleged young talent on it fall apart that has baggage? It's probably his uh, last hurrah here because this is his trend. He did it at his other stops, Carolina, Jacksonville, Denver. He has a really good first year, and the defenses sag off. You just look at his page as a defensive coordinator on PFR, and you can see it. It's plain as day. So, yeah, I think that's a good take. I would still put Carson number one, but Jack is someone who I don't think about. I go to the players like Jamin and – of course, Ron, even though I don't think he gets fired either. But Jack is way up there. And, uh, yeah, he's someone that's got the magnifying glass affixed to him. I think he's – the only reason I am going to say this person is because Jack has had a long NFL career. And if this ends up being the end of it, like, it's run its course, yeah. so be it. Scott Turner on the list because he's a young guy who is mm. thought of as a – Offensive, you know, one of these new young offensive minds, and you know, a guy who will, you know, is being innovative and all these different things. He's run some pretty bad offenses, and granted, there's been excuses galore right. for those. If Terry and and uh, and Curtis and you know, if everyone's healthy on offense, John Dotson is, and 
this offense doesn't move the ball and they end up Carson throws for 3,000 yards and you know 3,200 yards and 14 touchdowns and they average 12 and a half points a game you know whatever the, the the miserable numbers are that we've seen does he not take a ton of heat yeah because this this could be the peak for him like he might be bumping his head against the ceiling and never reach an offensive corner gig. He might tumble down, be a quarterback's coach, and then have to sort of languish there. So, now, by no means am I expecting that to happen. Right. But if we're talking about folks who could just, you know, who have a, who have some pressure on them. Yeah, but I also I like that pressure, they, but I don't think it's more than Jack. It's a different reason, kind, the maybe. I'm saying less than Jack is because Jack's been in the league for 20 20 years or whatever. Right. But I yeah. like I like that all three of them have pressure because they should. This is your third year. I agree. And the team's won seven games in a row two times. So let's let's all feel some heat and be better at our jobs and produce better football. Also, Scott struggles this year. He can just blame it on losing Antonio Gandy Golden. So <laughs> and that'll be the last joke I cram. Well, that'll be Juan Castillo's Yes. Fair, a lot fair of pressure on Juan Castillo Definitely. now without AGG. I don't know. Um should we do one thing? I would love to. Go for um, it. Yeah, I guess it, it ties in to the. Remember yesterday is one thing was patting himself on the back. Yeah. Yeah, I did. This is this is just going to be a strict. Did you football. Know as, as, as it is the first one out today? No, on day I did. two. I I called the first one and that's it for me. Um, I'll Should've pick up my ball down. and go Should've home. Kept doubling down. What'd no. you call for AGG? Right. Uh, competing for a roster spot. I certainly didn't have him retire. Antonio Gandy Gates is yes. what you called him. Yes. What about Ryan Fitzpatrick? Um, Pro Bowler. Um, I feel – maybe this is bad news for the secondary. <laughs> I, feel I feel better bad. about the secondary. Um, like, Christian Holmes, we don't think a ton of him because he's a seventh-rounder. But I think he's going to make the team for sure. Now, will he play? Hopefully not. But I don't think it's like a Greg Strom when he goes in there and it's a complete tire fire. Again, second day, he's facing some mediocre receivers. We need to see him against the better guys. But him, Percy Butler, Derek Forrest, I think there are a, a, enough young guys behind – the stalwarts in the secondary that makes me feel more optimistic about it. I'm still concerned about linebacker. Still need to see a ton from the defensive line. So I think secondary is now maybe my favorite unit of the three. I I've, I noticed secondary the past couple of days too. Um, I think Kendall is fully healthy. Yep. I think Jackson knows what he's doing, and I think that makes a lot look a lot better. And uh, Rivera talked about McCain and Curl. I know we're kind of talking corners, but like the. That starting foursome of DBs, I think all know what they're doing and have kind of been doing it. And I and think they've been doing it together. And Kendall was hurt, I think, last training camp. Um, so I'm, I'm kind of with you. I, I think I think Sit makes the team because I think the depth is a significant problem. Yeah. Um, I like seeing Juice. I, I think Holmes could almost be your fourth corner. I like they had when they were running the the three safeties with the Buffalo Nickel. You had Percy Butler playing on the back end with um, and Derek Forrest too. Some. On the back end with McCain, yeah, and they were moving Curl up to the line of scrimmage. That's what JP was calling That's for. That's what you were talking about yesterday. And Curl today had a play where he came off the edge from the you know, from the slot almost, and would have blown up. Uh, I think it was Heineke back there at the time, but would have blown him up if it was a play that he could have could have hit. I'm all for that. Cam Curl, most nationally underrated player on this roster, probably. I on this notice. roster, yeah. I still think Terry McLaurin is. I think the contract certainly helps him at least be mentioned more yeah i think curl is is a secret that maybe one more year of really good production because last year didn't have any picks or anything but i think we he's one of those guys every nfl city has it maybe jd mckissick's another one of you don't really know the name but in the city that you cover it's like wow that guy's really you also have to question if you're ashburning i think curl has i think curl's good curl has the ability and has the upside to be to be that player i think 
he's been a good safety for the Commanders, Redskins, Washington football team. Let's see him. Let's see him take that next step and be a difference maker, not just a solid starter. He's got to Fair. see some of those turnovers that we saw his rookie year, but see it come back again in year three and make some of those big plays. And speaking of aspiring yourself, my only caution with the corners is not a lot of depth there. So when we think guys are looking good, are they looking good because of the lack of competition, or are they looking good because they're good? Well, and I don't have the answer. It's I'm always, just saying. always good to be reminded of yeah. the perils of Ashburn. Um, I mean, and this is it's peak season for that. It's it spreads rapidly. My one thing, I throughout minicamp and OTAs, I made a point of like waiting for them to show a three linebacker set. They never did. I finally saw one today. There were a couple today. Yeah, um, and it's Hudson on the outside with Davis and Holcomb, um, which I, I guess is kind of what we expected. Maybe there's some thought to be David Mayo. I still don't think we see that look a ton. Um, I think you're talking maybe 20, a quarter of the snaps. Uh, but obviously they have it. It was good to finally see it. Um, they're getting – Hudson's getting reps, and we'll see. Yeah. Yeah, Ron said we'll sign a veteran after this first week if we don't like what we see. So that will be the proof of what they think of the early start to camp. Six foot 220. Average offensive line is probably six six three ten. Yeah. 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 I thought Landon was small for a linebacker. Wait till you see Kalik. Um, my one thing was about Terry's leadership because I spent the offseason talking about how oh, I yeah. wasn't pleased that Terry hadn't reached out to Jahan Dotson and they hadn't talked yet. You, JP was very dismissive of it as he's getting ready to jump down my throat about it. Didn't say a word. Which is just fine. Um, but we talked with Jahan yesterday a little bit and he talked about kind of the role that Terry's playing and helping bring the guys along. And he loves it he, that, that Terry's so open that they – Literally, will come off the field on on these eleven on eleven drill uh, reps, and Terry and him will be sitting there discussing, you know, movements, footing, all those different things. Everything that you want out of a leader, everything we know that Terry is as a leader, you just love to see him embracing it. And uh, and Terry talked today about how much he enjoyed, you know, taking on that role. I was never really done that before, and you know, this is kind of his kind of his first time being the the the, the big dog in the in the wide receiver room because even at uh, Ohio State, he mm-hmm. never really was was that guy um so i thought that was a that's a good little uh good little nugget out of terry and john uh from the from day two out of day two of camp you want to do the fans yeah or the lack of fans yeah i mean i think you could have counted probably are we certainly have, less than 100 yeah i was gonna say we have six hands in this room five fingers each and i thought maybe that'd be enough regardless um you know all the talk of the lottery and people complaining about not getting tickets Makes you think it's going to be more packed. It was not packed at all today. Now, it's Thursday. Saturday is going to be a good day, I think. It's a salute to service day. Next two days. Friday you can take off for a three-day weekend. Like, maybe not totally fair to judge, but uh, Nikki Javala of the Post posted a picture of the fan turnout, and it's going around the interwebs rather quickly. Yeah, it's tough because the, the, the lottery is a seemingly fair way to do it. But at the same time, it makes it so easy for someone to just claim a ticket and then be like, ah, eh, F it, I'm not showing up. You know? Yeah. Or just be like, I don't even want to enter this stupid thing. Right. But like, I'm oh, not going to do it at all. Click the mouse tw- two times and type Or, in eh, it's a lottery, I'm not going to win. Yeah. Right. Like, and so I, I think, and, and maybe I'm giving the, the fan base too much credit and there's just not people showing up because there's not people that entered the lottery. But, you know, I, I think that, that it's, it's seemingly a fair way to do it. But to see the attendance the first two days, I, I mean, I think, is it fair to say the first two days attendance 
is lower than any single day in Richmond over the past 10 years. Yeah. And there were some meek I, days dude, in I, Richmond. I, I, I think I think it, today I would say is the lowest attendance I've ever seen ever. Yeah. Outside of barring like weird weather or something. Yeah. Um never let great be the enemy of good and I think they tried to create a great system that was really fair and rewarding to everybody. Maybe season ticket holders and people that are invested and and perhaps that came at the expense of just doing something good and easy like hey sign up for tickets here and and I think it's it's not going well right now um that's not to say it can't still go well the only question I had and and they certainly had plenty of time to do all this but like if they wanted to have 5,000 fans they have to get like permits and you know get get approvals and all that stuff like can they just have people come out I, I don't think they can now granted they had time to from who like Loudoun County yeah I don't think you can just can you just have five thousand people get together and I think you can, dude. Like people show up to stuff all the time. Yeah. What if everybody wants to go to a concert yeah. or something? Like hang out at yeah, a park. I think there's a permit for if you okay, if you want to get together with fifty. Sue Cravens was giving away jerseys at the Dick's Sporting Goods Dulles Town Center. People just rolled up. Yeah. I, I Okay. I mean, I None of us have any idea? I don't think. I'm not positive. If you want to get a big to get big group together on on a public land like a park, you 100 percent need a. This permit. ain't public land. I know. That's what. That's why I asked the question. I also think five thousand. Let's go for five hundred, and you don't need a permit saying. for yeah. five hundred. Right. We're at five, know. so we're good <laughs> like, about that. Like, I don't know the fix. I know this is bad, and I'm not blaming anybody. And and I think on some level, they're damned if you do, right? Damned if you don't, because when I think if you charge some nominal fee, if it was $3 or something, you would find out who's actually going to come. Remember they had that that problem in the 2000s when they charged – if you charge – I don't know if this is still the rule. I remember that, but scouts can come and all that. Right. If you charge fans money to go to training camp, scouts from other teams can come. If there's – however many it was, 1,000 lottery tickets per day, and people just fill it out because there's no – Right, there's no barrier to entry. Right. Which is why I think that's part of it. Like, Where it's if it's $4 gets donated to the right. Charitable Foundation. Yeah, the Charitable Foundation. Exactly. I, I don't know. I, here's what I know. And, and two things. My, I'm getting, especially on the radio, we get a ton of callers and tweets that people are like, I wanted to go, couldn't get in, I'm pissed. I don't know that all the people that send me that tweet would actually show up. Exactly. But I know a lot of people are sending me that tweet, right? Mm-hmm. And I know a lot of people have that same refrain. My worry, something you said, is maybe we are overestimating who would actually show up. If it wasn't – like the Ravens, it's first come, first serve, and I think that joint sells out in like 10 minutes because it's a 1,000 tickets a day, whatever it is. And I think – I don't know. I think that would be the case here. I know that like, like the hog farmers, it's weird we haven't seen them yet. They would be, if we were in Richmond, those dudes would be there. There'd be a ton of people we would just see that we see everywhere, right? Yeah. And we're not seeing that crowd. And I, it, it, I don't know the answer. I don't think – it's one thing to question what the team did and, and question that it's not working, but I don't think this is like a sinister plot. No. I, don't, I don't think anybody's, like, trying to keep fans out and this was the plan. It wasn't I, malicious. Right, like, but I get – People telling me they think that. I don't think it's that whatsoever. I think they tried to make it super equitable, and maybe you're better off just making it super easy. Hmm. I think I like that's that. the tagline of it. Not super equitable, super easy. Um, 
I don't know the fix. I hope Saturday's big. I hope you get a good turnout at FedEx next Saturday. Um, You're going to be at a wedding that night, right? Yeah, I'm going to be in Boston. Go get yourself a lobster roll. Okay. Heard they're um, pretty good up there. Yeah, I'll, I'll put it on the Haley tab. Please, we, we own that. We own that area. I think he kind of runs runs the tent, runs the, the state today. Country. The worst part about Nikki's tweet, and obviously we love and respect Nikki, but like I got a million people sending me that, and like, dude, is it this bad? And you're just like, yeah. You just like hit the thumbs up on iPhone right, and like, like move like, on. Yeah, dude, I don't know. What, <laughs> yes, it is. I don't know what to tell you. Yeah. Um, and and some of it's quirky. I think early morning, you don't want to take off work. It's hot. Like you get. It's always easy to find an excuse to say no to something. It's also always hot at training camp. Right. I mean. Dude, there were walkthroughs, which are awful to attend, and they've since closed. There were walkthroughs with significantly better attendance than today. Jam-packed walkthroughs, yeah. All right. Uh, should we go to Carson? I think we should. It's a really fun interview, and I like the joke he makes about you. Listeners will uh, enjoy it, too, I bet. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Here comes Carson. You made it this far. Pete owes your lobster roll. Oarsman opened its first car dealership in 1921. Now, over 100 years and many dealerships later, Oarsman of Virginia can proudly say that when it comes to your car buying needs, if you want it, we've got it. Savings, selection, and service? Check. Lifetime engine guarantees and car washes? Check. Loaner cars and free Virginia inspections? Check and check. See, over the past 100 years, we've learned that to succeed in business, we've got to keep our customers happy. And that's the Oarsman story. Oarsman Ford Lincoln. Let's ride together. All right, appreciate getting to sit down with QB1, Mr. Carson Wentz. Um, when you got here, you said everything's an adjustment. You've now been here, you know, March to late July. Your family's settled in. How you feeling about life in D.C.? and? Commander's quarterback. It's good. Uh, it's good. It's been fun. It's been an adventure, um, a good adventure. Um, you know, I've, I've talked about it a lot, but, you know, every time you add a new family member, it's now another level of adventure. Now we're moving across the country yet again. And so uh, just for the family, it's been kind of a fun, fast-paced whirlwind trying to get settled here. But uh, we've had a lot of fun in the process exploring the area. Um, it's, it's, been, uh, it's been good, and we look forward to continuing to, to explore and be a part of the community here. What's the, what's the sleep situation with two young kids at home and training camp at home, right? You're not on the road. Like, you're in the thick of things. Yeah. Uh, well, my wife handles most of it, for one. But both kids sleep pretty good, thank, okay. thankfully. Usually good. from 7 till about 6.30, they're usually asleep. I say usually. Um, but, but every kid has their night. So, uh, but for the most part, it's been good. And, uh, again, if there ever is an issue during camp, my wife's a trooper. She handles it so I can get a little rest. What, what's your routine? Like, what time are you here? I mean, practice is at 9. I know guys are probably here at 7.38. Yeah. Um, I usually get here around 6.45 um, just to kind of start the process. You know, study a little bit, um, get some breakfast, and then hit the training room and kind of just get the body awake, awake you know. Like and running, lifting? No, it's just more stretching, mobility, get in the training room, trying to just, um, you know, ease your body into the 9 o'clock so you're not running out there at 8.45 trying to warm up. You know, as, as you start to get older, you got to take care of your body. You got to get get ahead of the game and um, take a little more time um, getting warmed up, getting loose, staying, staying mobile. Um, but, I mean, everybody's doing the same thing. Um, and so uh, it's kind of a nice morning, you know, to, to not come out here till 9 and kind of set your own pace, set your own schedule, um, and be around the guys, too, at the same time. With, with film stuff at, at this point in the game, 
because you weren't in this offense and everything's either big different or little different, like, what can you watch right now? Practice tape? Are you watching stuff from last year? It's a lot of practice. Uh, a lot of practice, uh, you know, a lot of the install tape. Okay, what's coming tomorrow? You know, what are the plays looking like tomorrow? How, how do they look? How do they look against certain coverages? All those different things. Um, but yeah, you're not necessarily game planning for your defense. You're not game planning for, for week one or preseason one. Right now, it's just mastering our offense, trying to master it, understand the ins and outs, where's the check downs, how does it look against cover two versus cover three versus four, all of those parts and pieces. Um, the game planning will come here down the road, but now it's just about mastering uh, what we do. What's it like now that you've got, Curtis missed a little bit of time in minicamp, Terry wasn't here, you've been working with Jahan, now you got all three of them. How much have you enjoyed that? What are you learning about each guy? It's been fun, honestly. They're all unique in their own way. They can all fly. Uh, obviously, everyone knows they can roll. Um, and so just seeing what they're good at, seeing their personalities, both on and off the field has been a lot of fun, you know, getting around those guys in Cali, um, seeing them in a little different light, seeing them in the facility now, getting, getting to be around Terry a little bit more. Sure. Uh, it's been a lot of fun, too. Great guy, great leader. Um, and so I'm super excited what they, what they bring to the table as, as human beings in the locker room and all that. And obviously out on the practice field, you know, we're going to miss some things. We're, we're trying to find our chemistry now, but uh, very excited about the potential that they all bring and the speed they bring. Speed for sure. Um, this is perhaps a personal question, but the, the bond between a quarterback and his center is, is unique. Yeah. Um, Ruye still on the pup, maybe coming back. Schweitzer's handling a lot of the snaps. Yeah. Does that matter? Like, is that something you need to work on as much as like receiver depth on routes and all those sorts of things? It's a, it's a fair question. Good question. I'd say probably not. You know, I mean, for the most part, um, both Wes and Chase have been around them quite a bit now and talk, talk their ear off, ask them a lot of questions. And uh, they're both sharp. They're both on top of it. They make the calls. They roll. They kind of run the show, uh, you know, where we're going, what's the call, all of that stuff. And uh, I think both do a tremendous job. You know, just obviously Chase hasn't been out here, but just picking his brain Obviously, everyone speaks highly of him from over the years and what he brings to the table out there. So excited for when he gets back out here, too. But uh, both really do a great job from the mental side of it. And I trust that they'll both execute um, and play, play at a high level when they're out here. Forgive me. I don't know the answer to this. And I'm not trying to lead the witness here. Is there a North Dakota-Wyoming rivalry? Like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Okay, he's from Wyoming. I just want to be sure you guys would be cool. No, we've talked about it. I mean, he's, he's originally from Minnesota, so we've talked about that. I feel like we know some, some of the same people. You know, he played for a couple coaches that, um, you know, I played for when I was at North Dakota State. So uh, I wouldn't say there's a rivalry there. I think it's just kind of cool that we get Maybe a kinship that you're both from that sure. kind of part that, of the world. That same area, you know, just he, even hearing him talk, you're like, okay, I know you're not from, you're from somewhere up north. You know, right. you, just hearing the accent and all of that. Um, and so that's, that's been cool to kind of talk about, you know, a lot of different things that similarities from sure. where we came from and, and where we went to school at the same time. Typically in camp, the defense is ahead of the offense and kind of at every stage, at least that I've watched that three weeks from now, the defense knows all your plays before you even run them. Like that's kind of normal. Is it, do you see that? Is, is you've gotten used to that? Is that just yeah, kind of what it is? I'm, it's a great point I think you know there's there's a lot of highs and a lot of lows out there right now you know there's a lot of new pieces guys running around guys are banged up guys are hurt you know just different things it's hot you know throwing different bodies in there to, to give a guy a breather different things um, so all of those sound like excuses but it's just different you know you just got to try and work through the kinks work through the chemistry not only about knowing the play but now okay let's feel this out versus like I've talked about versus different coverages how do you how do you expect me to come out of this break all of those things and so um, probably just a little bit off here, a little bit off there early on, and 
you know, you kind of kick yourself for it, but at the same time, it, it allows us to talk. It allows us to dialogue and so that we're on the same page so we can keep building, keep getting better, um, and, and keep, uh, keep trying to progress and go forward um, in the right way. Uh, Ron was asked about you yesterday and said, you know, Carson's settling in really well. I think he's kind of hyper, kind of excited in these first couple days of camp. When does this stop feeling new and just start feeling like I'm here, we're, 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 we're practicing? I mean, I'd say I felt that today even, okay. um, but at the same time, I never want to lose that, that attitude, that excitement for, and that, that, that fire for this game. You know, you never want to be complacent, you know, so it's a fine line. You don't want to be overly excited, oh, it's first day of school type of feeling, but at the same time, I never want to take it for granted. I want to come in here with a purpose, you know, with a level of excitement and intentionality, um, and especially during camp, that can be hard to do some days, and so sometimes you got to get yourself up, get yourself going, um, and just... Again, I try not to take it for granted because it's such a blessing and a gift to be here, to be a part of this team. And um, sometimes you need to remind yourself that to kind of get you through when your body's not feeling the best or different things. This is only day two. Yeah. And so I know I'm, I'm kind of preparing myself for another week from now, another two weeks. Um, but, it, but it's a fine line. You don't want to fake it at the same time. Um, you got to just remember your purpose and why you come into work uh, to kind of propel you and kind of give you that extra motivation. Ron said that Tuesday before camp opened when everybody came for conditioning and I know you've been here and at the facility a ton but he said he made a point of, of kind of speaking with you before camp opened and just telling you how excited everybody here is that you're here what did that mean for you yeah it means a lot um, I, I think even from the moment the trade happened just knowing um, very directly coming from the head coach you know how much he believes in me how much he wants me to be here how much uh, those types of things, um, you know, I'm a very confident individual. I've always had a lot of expectations for myself and, and all of those things, but, but hearing it from a head coach, hearing it from somebody that you really expect or respect and admire, um, especially someone I've respected from afar for a while now and hearing it directly from him, you know, it just takes that confidence just a little bit higher. And so when you, you make a bad play, you make, you know, you hear his voice, you hear those things in your head that at the same time, being confident in yourself, that just kind of help you just say, okay, uh, just push that one behind you, go on to the next play, and um, that's that's really helpful, means a lot to me, and, and I see him do that with a lot of the guys here, and I think it just, it builds a really good culture of guys that can not only uh, believe in themselves, but know that they have the support from their head coach, and uh, he does a great job of that. To your point, one thing I've always said with Ron is any NFL head coach gets second-guessed on when they call timeouts or play calls or going forward on fourth down, whatever it is. But what is obvious watching Ron is his skills as a, as a motivator and as a people person. And I think that comes through, and it sounds like it's come through for you. Yeah, 100%. Um, right when the trade happened, just even asking other people, players that are either here or have played for him in the past, that's all you hear. He's an awesome man, awesome man, awesome guy. Uh, the right type of leader that you want for your team and an organization. And so uh, I've seen that, I've experienced that. And, um, but at the same time, it's not all just, you know, sure. easy and light. Like he'll, he'll get on you, he'll do the right thing. And, um, but it's because he cares. Yeah. And, and that's what I really respect about him is he's going to be the same because he cares every single day. And uh, I've, that's very, been very evident to me and I appreciate that about him. You mentioned expectations earlier. Um, Ron made a point, I think through two days so far of, of not wanting to get caught up in expectations, but at the same time saying we have goals. How do you balance expectations from the outside, positive, negative, yeah. whatever you hear versus your own goals? Yeah, I mean, you have to, because otherwise you can get caught up in the wrong things. The good, the bad, it doesn't matter. Um, you know, we know where we want to go, but at the same time, that seems so far away right now. We're in day two of training camp. And so if you're, if you're overly focused on that, you'll miss what's right in front of you. 
Um, and so our goal, our mindset, the same mindset I've had my entire career is how do I get better right now? How do I get better today? How do I start stacking the days? How do I get better next week? You know, how can I take it one day, one week at a time? Uh, once the season comes around, how do I take it one game at a time? I know it's the cliche analogy, but at the same time, you always have to remind yourself that because we know where we want to go, but we're not going to get there overnight. You got to get the, get better every single day, and uh, this is kind of the fun part of it because you're building it. Uh, everyone individually is trying to get better, but at the same time, how do we get better together? And how do we buy in as a team, develop chemistry, culture, all of those things? And there's no better way to do that than when it's hot out here. You're tired. You're out here for two hours. All of those things. Um, and that's how you start to build that, that chemistry and that culture, and it's been fun so far. Got to practice when it's hot to play when it's cold. I am, uh, I am sweating profusely, so <laughs> I have some, some quick hitters that my producer wants me to ask you. Um, what's your favorite food? Steak. Me too. What's your favorite TV show? Probably Yellowstone. Yellowstone's good. That's pretty good and good. Um, the, the daughter is wild. Yeah, she's... Pam, what's her name? Beth. Beth. Thank yeah, you. Definitely wild. <laughs> uh, favorite thing outside of football? Hunting. Other than my family, but assuming we're talking hobbies, yeah, yeah, yeah. definitely Ho be hunting. Who's favorite offensive lineman? Favorite offensive uh, lineman? Anyone not named Leno, probably. <laughs> <laughs> Good answer. Good answer. <laughs> Most famous person in your phone? Oh. J.P. Finley, probably. <laughs> uh, that is uh, not accurate. Let's be clear about that. Fake news. Um, what would you be if you weren't a quarterback? That's a good question. I was going to school to be a teacher. I was going to be a, Dude, I was going to I was say going to be a, a high school teacher and a coach and maybe History, be an AD, maybe be an AD one day. Uh, health, health and physical right. education, kinesiology so, type yeah, stuff. Yeah, but now that's never happening. So, not for me either. Lord, Lord knows. I don't know that I'd be a good teacher. I think you'd be pretty good. <laughs> um, favorite vacation spot? My wife and I went to Israel, um, and from the spiritual aspect, it was. Absolutely unbelievable to be able to walk where Jesus walked and where he did miracles and see kind of remnants of some of those things from 2,000 years ago. Uh, can't beat it. That's very cool. Um, one thing you're looking forward to most now that you're in D.C., nation's capital, all that sort of stuff. I'm not sure yet. What should I be looking forward to most? I mean, I'm looking forward to game day. I'm looking forward to experiencing that, I'm thinking obviously. like museums and stuff. Yeah. Um, if you're taking the kids, air and space is awesome. Okay. And the air and space spot out here in Loudon is really cool too. Okay. It's massive. Yeah. Um, one of kind of off the beaten path, if you're going to do a date night, the uh, the portrait gallery portrait is gallery. across from Capital One Arena where the Wiz and Caps okay. play. So it's not down on the mall. It's like a little more off the track. Gotcha. And it's a cool spot if you're doing like a date night, go out to dinner. Okay. Those would be some wrecks. Yeah. Um, no, Jefferson that's... Memorial at like sunset's really pretty. So we saw that. Okay. That, that was amazing. Yeah. We, we biked kind of down and saw oh, the monuments. Awesome. So that was that was pretty cool. Tress keeps telling me I got to go to a Caps game. Yeah. Um, he's a big Caps fan now. So we can make that happen. Yeah, we'll probably... Caps probably three months out. But yeah. Yeah. That'll be fun. Yeah, for sure. But now they're going to put you down on the glass. You're going to have to chug the beer. Are you ready for that? Uh, I'm not ready for that. <laughs> <laughs> you got three months, I think, to get ready. Maybe, maybe postseason. Maybe, maybe March or something. Um, last one. Favorite thing? I'm a girl dad. Yeah. What's your favorite thing about being a girl dad? Um, golly, it's hard to put my finger on one thing. Um, but I'd say right now, especially with long days, when I come home, she comes, Daddy, and she comes running through the door, and I see my eight-month-old who can't talk yet just face light up and smile I mean it doesn't matter if it was the worst day at work or the best day at work it just absolutely instantly changes your mind and, and your perspective on life um, 
So right now that's been really tough to beat, especially with long days, training, all that. So uh, it's a blessing for sure. Thanks, man. Appreciate Absolutely. the time. Thank you. It's always good to be reminded of the yeah. perils of Ashburnson. I mean, and this is, it's peak season for that. It's, it spreads. Some people just know the best rate for you is a rate based on you with Allstate. Not one based on Carol. She's more focused on hitting a high note than the car in front of her. Why pay a rate based on anyone else? Get one based on you with DriveWise from Allstate. Not available in Alaska or California. Subject to terms and conditions. Rates are determined by several factors, which vary by state. In some states, participation in DriveWise allows Allstate to use your driving data for purposes of rating. While in some states, your rate could increase with high-risk driving. Generally, safer drivers will save with DriveWise. Allstate Fire and Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates Northbrook, Illinois.